Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, let's just start. Thank you, Laura High, for coming on to the shift. This is so great. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much for, for having me on. I haven't seen, I was trying to remember the last time like I've seen you and I don't think I've seen you in person since like pre-pandemic. Oh no, not yet. Probably like even a long time before that. Yeah, no, it's been a bit since like I've seen you and then I loved it how I was tagged into one of your videos and I was, I, I, I think that, um, uh, it was it was because you were doing some really great crowd work and someone wanted my opinion on your crowd work and they're like what do you like isn't this and I'm like it's fucking great it's fucking Katie Boyle Katie's amazing and I, so funny. I know it was so great because then I was just before I we were tagged um and yeah. then I went on your inst or your TikTok and saw your TikTok right before that I had a guest on from Ireland her name's Deirdre but she was talking about the our father documentary yeah. so then when mm-hmm. I saw that I was like oh my god I have to ask Laura will she come on because all your TikToks are so like literally even this morning I was watching most of them and then I was reading up articles and I was like shocked I had no idea about this world it's uh really like I've always kind of described like uh the infertility world and donor conception it is like the best kept secret of the medical industry it is it, it is really just flown in under the radar of just how insanely just ridiculous it all is i mean it's machiavellian almost it's a it's a phenomenal little villain story it completely and it's like it's not just it's women and men because sometimes i'm like stuff stuff when it happens to women i'm like oh if this was men they'd be like burning the world down but this is like dads who've been misled or little (laughs) boys who are born and it's for the women it's rape like these guys should all so for the listeners basically uh, you you say a lot of uh, or you show a lot of how there's no le- what is it like le- legislation is that how you say the words uh, there's no uh, essentially there's no regulations in the United States when it comes to donor conception I mean a lot of the world is very unregulated when it comes to donor conception but the United States is just we are woefully behind a lot of our counterparts within the global community. There's a lot of other countries that are well, well ahead of us who have common sense regulations um, on how donor conception should work. And it should be a very, very heavily regulated industry because you're literally creating people, you're creating sentient human beings, and it should be freaking regulated. You're dealing with the buying and selling of DNA. It should be regulated. And it's in the United States, it's just, it's not. So there's like two things with that. The first thing is not regulated. Secondly, a lot of people were told they were getting a certain sperm and then it was like there was so many cases just from following your stories and then going oh, on all yeah. the like news links and stuff of like not just our, our father, but like multiple people where it was their doctor. That's it's, wild. It's so the doctor well, used and, his sperm. Yes. And to, to kind of um, put it at least... Um, in the United, and I can only speak uh, for the United States, but like just to to show how many times doctors have switched out the chosen donor donor sperm um, for their own. Um, all, in the United States, only seven percent of the United States has taken a commercial DNA test. Only seven percent has taken a commercial DNA test, and because of that, in that seven percent, we've already found forty four doctors who have done this. Jesus Christ. That's terrifying. And one of those doctors had like 260 something, right? Wasn't it like he'd done it 260 times or something like that? In the Our Father documentary, it's like 94 siblings and counting so far. 
And it's, it easily could be more. Easily, easily could be more. Um, there was a doctor in the UK who did like, it, it's like 200 siblings, something like outrageous like that. But, the, but that's the thing, the UK, within finding out all of this corruption was like well we need regulations stat and so did australia and immediately those countries like buckled down we're like this has to be heavily regulated this is not new news in the united states like we've known this for decades and we've done shit about it like we've done nothing because money and capitalism um but yeah and but just to sort of put that in perspective seven percent of the United States has taken a commercial DNA test and we've already found 44 doctors who have done this. So we just logically, we know more doctors have done this. Like we know. Um, and I'm one of the cases to where my parents thought they were getting a, a certain a cer certain donor and um, I turned out to be completely different. And so what, so what, I, does, what does that mean? They said, okay, so we filled out this, we've picked this and then it just turned out because I think you said in one of your videos that you you were a different ethnicity than the, what they were told. Was that it? Jesus, which is very very common now. I and it and it's extremely common. And this is where um, I don't have we don't really have enough data, so I can't give you like hard numbers. And so um, because they've not done research on donor conceived people. Um, because they don't really want to because they, they know it's going to be bad. Um, for example, like we do not know how many donor conceived people exist in the United States. Like we literally have no frame of a reference. I can't even give you an estimate. Um, so there's there isn't. But yes, um, saying that your donor is one ethnicity and the, the infertility industry saying your donor is one ethnicity and then it ends up being a different one happens pretty commonly. Now, we were told my donor was Irish and Scottish like my father. Absolutely not. My donor is a hundred percent Ashkenazi Jewish. Wow. That and how does that make you feel as well for your own personal identity? Um, I for me, it was like it was a big deal finding out that I was Ashkenazi. And it was I was like, and let me just put it in this way, I was so excited. I was mm -hmm. so happy to finally have this piece of who I am. And it makes so much sense. Um, it makes so much sense between the way that I look between my, this is like why I'm the only person in my family with curly hair. Um, and it really, it felt like I finally was like coming home. Like it was really wonderful for me. It was a great experience, but I have plenty of friends where it really like was really screwy to find that out. For example, I have one friend who their family, um, is they're all Chinese and they got and they specifically picked an egg donor that the infertility industry said is Chinese. So this person thought they were Chinese their entire life. Find out the egg donor is white. So they are half white and half Chinese. Jesus. And that's like, and that was very hard and that was very difficult. And that is where we start getting into some eugenics land and we start going into we start going into ethnicities that have been not getting the ethnicity that they were promised. And it really starts getting into, um, as I said, eugenics land. It, it gets really, really nasty really fast. As in like, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, but let's make this baby half white type of thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. America is just always every day. I'm like, how'd you manage to shock me more? I know we really are. Um, we, we really, we, um, we keep, we keep thinking we find the bottom of the barrel and then we're just like, nah, that we, we have 50 more, sh 50 more feet of racist bullshit to get, to get through. Um, and it just, it keeps, it keeps growing. And it's like, you, you think it's like, okay, we find one thing. There's no way this industry could be racist. And no, it is. It's fucking racist. Um, the amount of donors that they have turned away because um, that I have personally talked to from, um, I've talked to uh, black women who want to be egg donors and they're like, no, you can't be an egg donor. You're black. Jesus. No one wants, no one wants that. Um, if you go to clinics and I would highly recommend anyone doing this um, is you go to a clinic and you search like, and you, you go into their database and you look like, all right, I'd like a, I'd like a, a white sperm donor who is call is a is um 
I don't know, um, like over 5'10 and has blue eyes, you're going to find a ton of those. But if you go and you're like, I want a black donor, you're going to be severely limited. They don't give you a lot of choices. Yeah, and that has to be them turning them away because I don't believe that like all men will donate sperm if they can get paid for it. I mean, donating eggs is a really big medical condition, like a medical deal. Like that is a big, big thing to do. But yeah, donating sperm is really fucking easy. Like that's literally you're getting paid to do your favorite thing. Like it's really fine. Um, So it's also prioritizing white people again because... Yeah, it it really is. And it's it, it is it is absolutely valuing white is absolutely in valuing white uh white people um over other ethnicities of course and i and it's something where i'm trying to find more and more statistics specifically on the racism that exists in the donor conception world it's so hard to track down it's so hard to find and i get asked about it all the time like what about the racism and i'm like i know it exists that i can't give you hard details i can give you stories from other people that i do know personally but it's i can't give hard facts yet um and that's something that i'm really trying to do and trying to find out more because it it absolutely exists it's just very it's so all cloak and dagger um and it's why i really encourage more and more people who know that they are donor conceived you need to get your dna tested like please for god's sakes get your dna tested that's the only way that we're going to actually have that data um and if you think that you are a donor or there's a chance you might be donor conceived get your dna tested um, it's the only way we're ever going to actually bring down the infertility industry and actually affect changes. We have to have the data. That's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. And then with the, with the other, um, the other stories you posted was with, with back to the doctors mm-hmm. is that there was that doctor up in uh, Rochester who ended up being his daughter. So his biological daughter's OBYGN yes. or uh, gyno. Yes, that's so that, sick. Uh, that guy should be in like a prison. He should be in like one of those. In, what's it that? Uh, not the Inception movie, but the Leonardo DiCaprio where they had the prison on the on the island. That Shore he, Island. He, he should be in Shore Island. Yeah, he he was. So that actually, very funnily enough, that story. Um, the person who told that story and out of that doctor is my friend Morgan, and this was my friend Morgan from college. Like I. She was the first other donor conceived person I ever met. And we were like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, it was just like this like nice little bonding thing for us. And then like this past year, I saw Morgan in the New York Post and I was like, holy shit. Um, and it's something where everybody watching this go, it's all public information. This isn't me like, you know, this isn't like a hot story or anything. It's Google New York Post Rochester infertility scandal. And it'll pop up. Um, basically what happened was my friend Morgan always knew she was a sperm donor baby and she did the DNA test and some, and she did the ancestry and like all these of her siblings started popping up and, um, noticed like, oh my God, because she also had the same thing where, um, she thought she was one ethnicity. Turns out she was half Jewish as well. Um, half Ashkenazi Jewish and (laughs) then they kind of kept things kept pointing back to her doctor and her doctor is a Dr. Wortman of Rochester who is still in practice right now. Um, and again, the article details all of it, please go check it out. Um, and basically what happened was this was really hard for Morgan because Morgan had been seeing Dr. Wortman as her OBGYN for 10 years because her mom was like, go see Dr. Wortman. He's amazing. He did such a good job. He is like, so, uh, he is so highly regarded in the infertility industry. Like, please go see him. So she did. And she just said that she also got kind of creeped out here and there because she would have an exam scheduled with a nurse practitioner. And then he would specifically reschedule her appointments to ensure that he was doing the pelvic exam. Jesus. Yeah, I know. That's a sickness. That's a sickness. And then she, then the all the siblings were like i think he might be the dad and morgan was just like i no no please god no and then she got the confirmation and um it was just it was a pure shock it was heartbreaking it's like how do you function how do you deal with that that it's is assault. a if your father yeah. did anything to your vagina it's assault without your permission without your consent absolutely and he knows like obviously he knows he willing mm. he purposely ensured that he would be 
doing the gynecological exam on his biological daughter. He has to be getting off on that. It has to be sexual. Oh, absolutely. There's no, I, I, it's like one of those things, like I can't prove it, but I know it's true. And it's no, he's, he's a sick dude and he's still in practice because technically that is not illegal. It is not illegal in the state of New York and it's not, and it is, it's only, um, it's only in 10 states in the United States. It is not federally illegal for a doctor to switch out the chosen sperm for, or, uh, or the chosen donor DNA for their own or for any others. It is not federally illegal. It's only illegal in 10 states. And New York state is one of the states where it is not federally illegal. And we have a, and I mean, the amount of infertility clinics that we have just alone in the year in New York City is outrageous. Yeah. So the fact that our state isn't protected that way is terrifying. God, there's so many levels to this. It's like all awful because firstly, you might not be able to. Well, like also as well, it's like if your parents were told that you are Jewish, then that's something they would have incorporated in your childhood and growing up. Because especially with like generational trauma, that's something they should want to know about. Um, and like, but you also, know, being Ashkenazi Jewish, there's like genetic, there are passed down like um, chronic illnesses through the Ashkenazi lineage that would have been really helpful to know. Um, there are there there are tests that I needed to take that I didn't know about. Well, that's yeah. So there's that. Then there's if they're for for the mother, let's say of of this girl in uh, Rochester. Not only will she feel like she didn't protect her daughter because she sent her daughter to her father, who was the guy, so she probably feels awful. But secondly, um, if the doctor has any medical issues or like whatever they've been told by the sperm donor, they're not. They're not. So maybe if that doctor is like more lenient to being obese or more leaning to, to have diabetes or more leaning like they don't know all that information like- no, and, well and it's something to remember that uh federally again in the united states do, um the uh clinics do not have to verify any of the medical information presented by the donors so it's not like when the donor comes in and remember donors are typically like 19 20 year olds in college so they're coming in and they're being promised a pretty good amount of money and there's no follow-up so they can be like oh yeah i'm no family medical history of heart disease no issues with um like they can lie completely about major medical issues um they don't there's not going to be a follow-up so even if their mother had like breast cancer that um and or like a very rare form of breast cancer if they don't put that on the form there's no way that family's gonna know yeah that's really scary because they're not gonna know to get checked not even just physical which is really scary um and like you said that like we all know like well I know uh what my my history is with my family like cancer there's a history of mental health issues like even that mental health issues you wouldn't even know about so that's like really scary well, there is a, um, and with that, I mean, there's a friend of, of mine who, so hold, hold on, I'm going to see if I can get this one correctly. She was really struggling with her mental health in high school. And she didn't know that she was donor conceived yet. And she went into the psychiatrist's office with her parents. Now she was a sperm donor baby. Okay. And she didn't know yet. And her father, who she's not biologically related to, is bipolar. Okay. And, See, that's important to know. Well, well, you remember this isn't this isn't her biological father. He's oh, this bipolar. isn't her biological father. No, no, no. Oh, so, so she's so, thinking, oh, this might be something that's coming out so, of me. So hang on oh, in there. It, it gets better. So she is struggling with mental issues. She's struggling with 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 mental health. And the father was like, oh yeah, I am bipolar. And the doctor said, oh well, what medication are you on that worked for you? And he started listing off his medication that has worked for him. And she said, great, let's start her on, on that. This is not her biological father. Jesus. Now, her biological father did have mental health issues in which she did not know about, nor her family. But again, like, it's so fucked up. Yeah, it's also like he he should know. Well, I guess maybe he's doing that typical man thing where he's like, yeah, it worked for me, it'll work for you. And not maybe knowing that 
it's like a different makeup. They have a different psych body makeup. So what works for him isn't going to work for her if it's not his actual daughter. I think a lot of people, um, I, I totally, it can be, it can absolutely be a man thing. I think this is also just a, a, a parent thing when they're not biologically related to their child. There's a lot of convincing that recipient parents do to convince themselves that actually they really are genetically related. Um, one of the things that's very, and, and again, it's, it, it, it's where it gets a little tough. Um, there are, so you have, um, you have uterus carriers who are egg donor recipients. So they are carrying a child that is not genetically related to them. They're carrying somebody else's egg. Now, apparently when the child, it, you're carrying the child, because of the connection with the umbilical cord and everything, they actually do take in a little bit of your DNA, but it's like, oh. like nothing. But because of that, those people are saying, well, actually they really are genetically related to me. They really are. And it's like, no, they're fucking not. Yeah. They aren't. That's not just to take away any, um, anything of you being their parent or the fact that you carried them. But the fact that you are claiming that you are their genetic parent is just not true and it's not healthy for the child. And you are, you're not saying that for the child's sake, you're saying that for yours and you're not respecting your own child's DNA. And it's not about taking anything away from you being their parent. I'm not saying that, but the fact that you are going out of your, you are stretching such a grain of truth is really going to hurt the child. Oh, so this is the mother carrying a different egg is that what you mean or do you mean when someone yeah. carries a baby for someone else oh so this is when the mother carries she's like oh well some of my dna went in there yes oh i see what you're saying god there's so much to it and i and i deal with those kinds of parents a lot where it's just like you aren't though you're not the biological mother that isn't to say that that takes away anything from you being their mom or you being a biological parent i'm not trying to take away anything from that but you cannot claim that you are the biological mother. That is factually incorrect. And I get thought on that continually. Yeah, and I think it's important for them to know you're not saying that they're not the mother. You're just saying that it's important no. to have a difference because biological explains for, oh, his, you know, mental health history, physical health history, yeah. all of that stuff, you know, ethnicity, all of that. So I understand that. That makes sense. And they, they need to, like, when they're going into this process, be, like, very aware of that because you are doing this so you can yeah. have a child you're still gonna be the mother my stepmother is a better mother than most mothers you know so exactly yeah I never you know when people are like oh I'd rather have my own child than adopt or you know I really hope I can have a kid instead of having donor and all of that stuff but I've always th thought of it like this like when you when you meet someone and you fall in love like a partner like you love them more than anything yeah why do you think that if you had a baby in a different way that you wouldn't love it as much as I, I actually probably would love an adopted baby more than a baby that's going to ruin my vagina. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, and I love my stepmom and I think it's a, for me, it's very much nurture over nature, but also I know that my mom has mental health issues. So it's really good for me. Like I never smoked weed. I never did drugs. I smoked weed once snap Sam when I was 19, but other than mm -hmm. that, I didn't do it growing up because I knew that that can um, release mental health issues if you have it in your family. And I didn't do drugs either. Cause I was like, I'm not risking it. I've seen the effects of undi my mother's undiagnosed, but I was like clued in enough to know. And my dad was like, don't do anything because you know, there's definitely a history of mental health and there is with like an, a crazy like great aunt and there's a, f a few things in that side of the family but it's good to know you know let's say if my dad had just taken me when I was small and I thought my stepmom was my mom and I didn't know about this stuff and she doesn't have a history of that in her family maybe I would have smoked weed maybe I would have done drugs and then I would have been all like yeah. what's going on <laughs> you know no it, it absolutely it's so important to know your lineage and it's something where I, I always ask because People sort of it, it get very hypocritical when it comes to donor conception because they go like, well, DNA doesn't matter. And I'm like, well, then why are you doing donor conception? Obviously, DNA doesn't matter to you because yeah. you're doing donor conception. Um, and it is something where it, it, it's something that I, you know, the whole nurture versus nature debate, I think, is so, so interesting um, because, yes, I mean, I think who you are raised by affects you tremendously. 
Um, I will say though, I've met one of my donor conceived siblings. Um, I have, I have found so far three, but one of them I'm, I've started talking to the other two just aren't ready to talk. The connection that her and I had was instantaneous. And it was like her and I had the same cadence. It was freaky. Um, And I do think that it is, it, it, it's something where it has become normalized to cut donor-conceived people and adoptees um, off from their biological roots. And I think that that's absolutely insane because in the same way that it's like, if you had, if you had two people who made a baby and, and the dad skipped out, people would be pissed at that dad. People would be mm-hmm. like, how fucking dare you do that? And at, like, there's literally movies about like children going and finding their parent. Yeah. But when a donor conceived person tries to claim some of their biological roots, people shun them immediately. And I'm like, the only difference is one dude skipped out and one dude got paid. That's it. No, you're dead right. I think about it too. Like if I were to ever give my eggs, I'm too old now. But if I had ever given my eggs to like a friend or someone, I'd always think it would be nice that the kid could call you if something kind of yeah. came up or like, you know, was this, a, you know, was this something like, I, I, yeah, like I'm struggling with my mental health. Is there something? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, or, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I would tell whoever I was giving my eggs to I'd be like, look, they might come out a bit crazy. So be careful. But um, I mean, I think it's nice to be able to. Yeah, I'm with you on the whole no anonymity like if you want to give your eggs or, or your sperm yeah. and you want to make money for it but if they want to come back it doesn't mean they're going to come back and be like hey you're my mom now no I, no 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 like yeah, yeah that that's insane like the donor conceived people aren't going to come back and be like you're my dad you're my mom <laughs> give me my inheritance that's not what's happening yeah, yeah. but they want to know like about themselves they want to know hey what do you like were you a good swimmer um yeah. what you do in high school like what interests you are you good at math food allergies even that's all passed down and I saw a great TikTok where the girl when she was 18 like said to her parents like I want to reach out to my uh biological parents but she's very much clear that her parents her adoptive parents are her parents but it was so emotional because the mother and the the father had always said, you don't need to keep it private. And whenever she's ready, they were just too young to have to, to keep her. So the mother, the biological mother had wrote like a, a, a book, like a kind of like a cute little book for when she gave her up and kind of like a story about how about her relationship and just that they were too young and they want to give her a better life and they didn't have enough money, but that, you know, it, you know, it's like a, they still love her and that she was conceived yeah. for all this lovely stuff and then stuff about the family and stuff so when she was ready to the the mother had that the the original birth mother had that ready to give her so she met her and she gave her all that stuff and then she caught in contact with her father and he was like yeah whenever you're ready to meet but she was still like these are my parents but it was like nice I thought that was nice because you know sometimes I feel like there were so many things in Ireland where like these babies were taken away and they were sent to America and they never got to do that and I think yeah I think that's like a nice if you're now, I mean, they didn't have a choice, but like if you're adopted and even for the parents who give it up for adoption, if they're too young, it's nice to see them when they're older and be like, oh, you know, I'm glad like it all worked out or whatever. Yeah, that's a, probably a different that's a different side to it because it's adopting. But still, I thought it was a nice story. Oh, we definitely got to, you know, call in the uh, uh, adoptee uh, adoptees for that one. But um, but no, it's the fact that we were so stuck in this sort of like nuclear family, like it needs to be this. And we need to cut off everything else that is just that. Otherwise, it invalidates our family unit. Yeah. It's just a ridiculous thing. Um, y- your child having contact with their donor or donor-conceived siblings is not just okay. It's really healthy for them. And same thing with adoptees. It should be the adoptee's choice. It should, yeah. like, in the fact that these choices are taken away from adoptees or donor-conceived children is absolutely insane. Yeah. It's insane. When you think about it, the fact that I don't know who any of my siblings are, like my siblings, I easily have 50 siblings walk, walk around, walking around. Well, that's it too. It's also like you could by accidentally have sex with your sibling. Ha- Which like, has happened. Yeah, 100%. Like that's, you know... Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you know, if you want to go back to laws, incest is against the law. So protect these people, make a law so that doesn't happen. 
No, I definitely think that it's um, it's common. Like, there's and this is when we say like we need common sense regulation. The fact that in the United States there is no cap on how many babies can be made from one donor. That's, that's just nice. that's wild. Like that's the common sense regulation I'm talking about. We need to obviously limit how many babies we can produce from one donor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for safety's sake, these children need to know who their siblings are. That is for safety's sake. Because a lot of times when the donor gives in one city, those parents live in that city. The children go to the same school. There's a chance they could be dating. Like, it's just something, This it's just pure safety. Yeah. Um, and well, it's something- you know, Oh, it's something about? No, it's just, it, it, again, it's, it's just, it's common sense. Jack Comstock was on this podcast like two years ago. So it's an old episode. The new listeners probably don't know it, but- so I'll just give a quick, but he uh, he found like 13 um, half brothers and sisters all because wow. his father was a donor, but he had never told them. He kind of he did it when he was young. He just don- he just yeah. donated. And then when they did 23 and me, so his mom had done the father up and the kids on 23 and me. And then like all these kids came out linked to the dad and the dad was like, yeah. Oh fuck, I better tell the family about this. But, uh, yeah. but Jack met up with all of them. And he said they all like same as that had a similar vibe to him and his sister. And then one of them, so he's from Omaha and one of them lived in Lincoln and he would, they would go to the same bar, the same comedy show. But like I was saying, Jack was like, thank God she wasn't a girl. Cause if, uh, he's like, if he's a girl looking like him, I know Jack, he has a lot of sex. He probably would have had sex with his sister. <laughs> Yeah, no, it and it happens. I mean, there are there are people out there with like fifty plus siblings and counting, um, and it's it's bad. Um, and it's something <gasps> where it's something where what? No, I'm just saying it's it's bad. No, but what are you saying? Well, I was gonna say so. Well, firstly, in Ireland, um, because I looked it up, you can request to see your donor. So the anonymity has been taken because they, but I think they're still fighting to get rid of the anonymity altogether. But it's now that you can request it from a minister, and then the minister decides if it's okay, which is kind of like a pain in the hole too, because now you have to go through yeah. like some fella or whatever lady politician person i don't really understand it and then in the uk like you said it's a complete ban on on anonymity i I can't say that word but i remember years ago i saw this show uh when i was at home on uh, the british tv channel so i looked it up to see what it was but it's um desperately seeking semen and it's a documentary have you have you seen this no but i'm gonna look it up that sounds ridiculous it was the wildest thing so basically uh because there's such a there's not enough donor sperm for the amount of people who need it and then secondly it's too expensive ivf and everything so like a like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds thousands of couples out search these other people so it's just one random guy had 60 he had 59 kids that his wife didn't know about he just goes around he goes over he, he puts his sperm in a cup and they shove it up them or there's guys who like to do it because they're like oh well i can have unprotected sex and they want to have like a natural fertilization but like now there's no this is like some random you just got off the internet it's what and there was one guy like they were like interviewing and he was so proud he was like yeah like i like to help out i'm on my way over to a lesbian couple's place and he went over and then he he jacks off i remember this scene this is like i saw it's like 10 years ago or something i can't remember like a long time ago but he like jacks off and they they can't really see it's like they've blurred out the window and then uh and then he just goes in and gives her the, the cup it's wild like that is you don't know what you're getting from that guy there's probably not even std checks for that no, and that and that's the thing it, it is people honestly, and, and I get told all the time, they're like, well, what's the difference between, they're like, so you think we should, but like what happens to like the kids who are born from like a one night stand? Like really, what's the difference? And I'm like, there's a huge difference with, in, um, I'm like one, a one night stand, if you're getting pregnant from a one night stand, that's a fucking accident. Typically. Yeah, it's an accident. You're not planning for that. Yeah. This is something where it is planned. It's planned. Everything's agreed upon beforehand. So it should be done a lot safer. And especially if you're doing it through the infertility industry, you're paying an obscene amount of money. Yeah. So you should be getting what you fucking pay for. And is this um, right? Do... Also... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and it's also a bit like the parents who do it like super back alley. It's something where I, I really do believe it, it's like, if you're going through infertility, like that's a massive trauma. 
going through infertility is not anything to scoff at. It's a massive trauma and it's horrific. And it's, it's not something I'm going to belittle in the least bit. So if you're going through infertility, before you start getting treatment for your infertility, you need to get therapy. You need to go get therapy because what ends up happening is you just get treated for the infertility, but not the trauma. And you end up making very, very dangerous choices for yourself, for your child. You make very questionable choices in, in terms of adoption. Like you need to be treated. So you're actually making smart choices. Um, Cause I've talked to so many parents who end up making a choice with donor conception that completely endangers their child, endangers themselves. I mean, I've talked to parents who tried to do adoption and literally were talking about how they almost kidnapped the child. Jesus. I mean, legitimately, I'm like, what they were talking about was fucking kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. is something where it's like, you have to be treated for your infertility. You have to be like mentally because you make... And, it, and it's something that we don't really talk about a lot. And I do think it's because we belittle infertility a lot. And, and that's not something we should do. Um, but yeah, because whenever you do these back alley inseminations, it's like, that's fucking risky. That's really risky for you and your child. Really risky. And you're not thinking about it. When you say they were planning on kidnapping, whose kid? Just random yeah. kids? Um. I talked to a couple who was interested, who was desperate for a child. And they found a contact with somebody who said, um, we have a lot of children from, um, oh my God, what, what, is the, what is the word for um, an indigenous community? Oh, Native American? Yeah, it, like not resident. Uh, uh, what, what's the, what, what, what is, I'm blanking on the word right now. Um, It's not a residency. I know the word you're talking about, though. Yeah, I just yes. think about it. Yes. What the Oh shit! What is it? I'm gonna Google it really. Um, um. Shit! What is it? Hold on. Reservation. There it is. Oh, reservation. So the, the couple. Yes. The reservation. So the couple was saying yes. So we found a contact, and the contact said we have a lot of children from a reservation. And they are willing to make the birth certificates immediately and you will have a child within a couple of weeks. That's fucking kidnapping. That's straight up. And I'm, and I'm like literally going like, so kidnapping. That's fucking kidnapping. There's no way that's legal. That's fucking kidnapping. You mean there was somebody who was kidnapping children from a reservation and selling them to white parents. That's what that fucking was. That's legal kidnapping. That's so, so messed up on so many levels, obviously, because they've okay. obviously taken it from the parents or maybe parents or whatever has happened. Then secondly, you're going to take this kid, probably not know anything again about kids' ethnicity, kids' cultures. Yep. So it's going to be kind of whitewashed. Yes. Um, yeah, that's real. Sh and then the effects of the, the the parents in that in that place. Well, I wonder if there's been kids kidnapped as well from the border with all the stuff going on down there. I'm willing to. Uh, it's again one of those things where it's like I don't have proof, but I'm willing to bet it's true. Um, I mean, there, there's um, plenty of stories online who talk about children literally getting kidnapped overseas and then selling them to to parents. And so. You know, with the, well, yeah, 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 I've definitely uh, heard about that, especially that was like all of the Irish babies were taken from uh, from Ireland without like unwillingly from the mothers. So like the unwed pregnant mothers were put into laundries and then their babies were taken away from those really or the ones that weren't. They died. There's like a big scandal about it recently. There was like 800 dead babies in oh one one of the places, just one of them. They found eight, 800 oh dead. God. Yeah, yeah. It's a place called Tomb, but that's just one. It was on wild stories of like a priest chasing down a woman to London who fled to London to try to keep her baby. Like insane. But anyway, um, the when it comes back to like the ethnicity and the race, uh, in one way, I'm kind of surprised. And like this might sound ignorant, but I feel like uh, some white Americans would really like to have a different baby ethnicity to be like kind of show goatee or whatever the word is. Oh, yeah, because there, I mean, there is a huge community of, uh, of 
white people in America who are like, ooh, check, like they think having a, more of a, a, a baby that is a different ethnicity from them makes them interesting. Yeah. And they sort of use that child almost as like, sort of like a trophy. Yeah, that, those people absolutely exist. And it's fucking insanity. It's insane. Um, That's yeah. the thing. I think those parents, all the parents, like you said, should have to go through therapy. So there should be like a, what's the word? What's the word when you're doing like, if you're like going to become like a, a, a pilot, where you you run the you, I'm sure you have to do like a mental check. So they should do like, yeah, and then um, anti. I mean, especially if you're adopting a child that is a different ethnicity than you, you need to be doing anti-racist training. Like you need to be going yeah. through that. that is yeah, something- and it's not to say if you have bipolar or if you have any mental condition that you can't. Of course you can, because if you're do- doing treatment and all that stuff. But it's more to see like, okay, well, why are you doing this? Where's the behind? How are you, you know, a- oh, look, I believe all parents should have to do this before they have a child because there's a lot of parents no, out right? there like, who are, like abuse. All parents should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and I think as well then for like, the the race of the kid so let's say for for your father um now obviously you're white uh but I'm sure when he picked Scottish and I mean I'm I'm white-ish I mean I they're I mean Ash, being Ashkenazi Jewish oh is that is, Middle Eastern as well well being well being Ashkenazi Jewish is considered it depends who you ask um honestly it's one of those things that's up for debate but Ashkenazi Jewish is considered a different race in many circles, not every circle. I would say for Ashkenazi Jewish, we are, we're white passing. Um, we are sort of like, we're white until. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, because it is important to remember that at least like, you know, during, during uh, like Hitler considered Jews yeah. to be a different. Race. No, no, so no absolutely. So it is something where, it, it, again, it, it's up for debate. Um, and it is something that is, it's, it's continually getting debated. Um, so, but have I lived with white privilege? Absolutely. Um, let's, let's not, I totally have. Um, do I face anti-Semitism because of the way I look? Absolutely, I do. Well, I mean, just more in regards to these parents when they're coming in and they're looking for a kid. So let's say with your father, there must have been an element as well where he's like, okay, Irish, Scottish, to get the kid to look as closely to him. Do, is that what they do sometimes? Are they trying to have it so... My parents did not pick the donor whatsoever. Oh, what? they were just told afterwards. But do parents do that where they're like, okay, well, I want it to be the same height as my husband and I want him yeah. to look like my husband. So, yeah, this is interesting okay. because I'm like, I'm sure I'm trying to think like if yeah that is does that come into play as well where they're like trying to physically get the kid to look as closely to them that is typically what happens more is the couple wants what what we would refer to as the social parent the non-biological parent typically they always want the donor to look like the The social parent okay yeah social parent yeah Uh, yeah yeah so that's typically it's like you know if so to try and make it like essentially look like them um that's typically what happens um and it's why i also always find how the clinics for them being like why they choose certain donors over others when it's really it's like parents come in and they choose genuinely such a wide variety of donors because they want the donor to be like the social parent typically Mm -hmm. and obviously there's many different kinds of social parents so the fact that they really only get one particular kind of donor that fits into a very narrow box I feel like is not a smart thing um but for me I was made before parents really picked their donor what my clinic did was and their policy that at least they said they did was we match donors to the dads as best we can between hair color eye color ethnicity but the number one thing my clinic matched before anything else was religion um, and remember, I was made in the 80s. So like 80s were really fucking weird. Um, and I always laughed at that. The fact that they matched religion. I'm like, what the fuck? So the fact that like my dad, Irish, Scottish and Christian, and I'm Ashkenazi Jewish. So like for me, it's like ethnically, religiously, like complete opposite of they what my dad. They completely failed on the two, the two things your parents were like, okay, yeah, grand. <laughs> And like, yeah. look, your parents obviously love you and it worked out for the best, but I... Oh, they didn't give a shit. I mean, they really didn't. If the, if literally the clinic was like, we have this Ashkenazi Jewish donor, they'd been like, great, let's use yeah. it. Like, they didn't give a shit in the least bit. 
but that's what the clinic said their policy was. So they were going against their policy, which opens up a lot of, uh, a lot of things of like, okay, well, what else did they do that? What else did they not follow? And there's so many things as well, because when you were saying your friend who was Asian, I thought when you said it was going to come out that she was like Korean or something like that. And I could see them doing that, too, which is a totally different history and like trauma. And it's like it's really important to get it all down to the detail that your parents know as well, because. ah, Well, also as well. um, Yeah, they should have not even just like hair color and all that stuff but yeah it should be like a range of people like from heights to different and there's so many people who'd be willing to and then there's so much money so they should have the money to freeze it so yeah it should be like a complete range from everything it should be a complete range it should be extremely diverse um because parents want diet there there's a huge what what people come in they're they're not looking for one specific donor it's very diverse what people are looking for um and i think we need different metrics um for what we look for in donors because right now what we are in the united states it's very capitalistic it's all very much like well what looks pretty on the shelf yeah. uh, that's a it's well uh, let me rephrase that that's a horrible that's that that's a little ambiguous with what i just said um they the clinics are purchasing what they think is going to sell more yeah they think well this is what will sell more this is what is going to look good on the shelf um and they are very wrong they are extremely wrong um we want diversity in our donors desperately um desperately need diversity because there's and the fact that we don't that the clinics aren't getting that for parents is really shitty. Not only is it shitty, but the fact that they're lying about it is really, really shitty. And what we should be judging donors on is not on, in my opinion, we need donors who are willing to be known donors. That to me is the most important thing. that is number one, because a known donor will ensure the health and safety of your child. Not whether they have blue eyes or brown eyes or green eyes. The fact that they're willing to give you updated medical information, that is the most important thing. Yeah, even just like, well, look, I started to go bald a turkey. We didn't know that when I was 18 and donating my sperm. Because like, I'm just thinking about Jack's dad and he's as bald as a, but the picture of him when he was younger is like big Elvis head of hair. So, but yeah, no. God, it's it, it it's really hard, and it's really hard for all the, all the families. Um, yeah. but it is great that you're coming out, you're saying all of this. Um, there was another question I wanted to ask you, but I can't think of it now. Oh, it slipped my mind. But anyway, but it's it's something where like I get asked all the time, like what? Well, what do you think should be the prerequisite for being a donor? And I'm like, I personally, um, I think. I don't care what you look like, what your health issues are. I don't give a shit. You should be allowed to donate. But here's the thing. You have to be able to provide verifiable medical information. The doctor has to be able to verify all of your medical information. That's number one. Um, Number two, you have to be willing to be a known donor. You have to be willing to be a known donor. You are consenting to this. The child is not. You have to be willing to do this. Um, to be able to give them updated medical information, be able to answer the child's questions when they have it. That has to be your job. You can, the fact that we think that you can become a biological parent with absolutely zero responsibility is just in, like, that's not real. There's no way you can be a biological parent and have zero responsibility to that child. Now, I'm not talking that you're going to be the child's parent. You owe them any financial responsibility. But yes, you do have a responsibility to that child to give them updated medical information and be able to take a call from them once in a while when they have a question. That is so basic. And those to me, those two requirements are game-changing requirements, game-changing requirements. Everything else that we could require from donors, to me, is so bottom of the list. Those are the two most important things. 
Yeah, and I know for like for for the listeners, they might not have seen this on your TikTok, but there was a girl who wrote that she donated eggs and she was honest about her medical history, but she said they didn't they didn't check up on it. So that's like oh, a, so yeah, that happens all the goddamn time. And, yeah. and there's also there's a a couple of egg donors who I've spoken to who have been diagnosed later in life with like very serious medical, like life threatening medical um, issues who then tried to call the clinic and be like, you have to tell these children, they have to get checked for this because I'm in my thirties and I need a pacemaker now. And the clinic was like, no, we don't have to, sorry. And so now these donors are petrified trying to find these donor conceived children to warn them because it's like, literally they could end up dead. Um, So donors have tried to do the right thing. And and I don't want to ever disparage like all donors because some donors really try and do the right thing. And I, and I really thank those donors for really stepping up. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's really screwy. Um, Yeah, no, it's massive. It's not little things like these are huge, huge medical, medical issues that these children are unknowingly facing. And I always get told uh, by so many people like, well, what, 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 what does I, you know, what does the difference between like medical information make? And I'm like, every time you go to the doctor, the doctor asks you what your health history is yeah, every single time. And if you know that your mom has breast cancer, you typically get mammograms earlier. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And the fact that people like kind of dismiss not, and I'm like, you, you, the knowing what half of your medical information is or like losing half of your medical information, it makes such a huge difference. When I go to the doctor's office, I always tell them I'm a sperm donor baby. They always test me for more, always, yeah. um, which I'm really lucky that they do that. Yeah. And I think as well, like I think as a species, we have been conditioned to lie on your resume, get the job, you know, say so like I can uh, it's not right, but I can understand why these people are like, okay, I just want to get I want to get the money. I'm going to be like, oh, no, everything's great. I'm perfect. It's great. I'm sure it'll be fine because you've been kind of been like sell yourself, sell your put your best foot forward. But they're not thinking about how if they have something that they're like, oh, this yeah, it's going to affect the kid in the long run. I guess they just know maybe that they won't take their eggs if they're honest. And maybe I know you're saying that you wouldn't care. But I think the uh, the realistic thing is that the clinic probably won't take it. So that's why people probably lie. And it's shitty. It's awful. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. It's like, look, do I think that a lot of clinics unfairly turn away, especially egg donors? Of course I do. But that doesn't give you the right to lie yeah. about You're your just not job. right for the job either. Like, it, that's it, it. You know, I can't be a fireman. Um, so not, It's not your intrinsic right to be a donor. Like, you don't have a right to become a donor. This isn't something you're guaranteed. And it is something that people, and it's like, and the fact that I'm like, you lying on your resume about this isn't the same thing as like, well, I'll learn how to do Excel later. This is literally your biological child's medical history. This is literally life and death for them. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry. Do I think that that's unfair? Of course I do. Doesn't give you the right to do that though. Yeah. And I don't think it's unfair in one way too, because like, honestly, if if I had went to egg don or whatever, donate eggs, sorry, I don't know why I said that all weird. And then uh, and then I was like, yeah, there's like a history generational of mental health, health issues between my mother, between her and so that's two generations of mental health. And they were if they were like, look, we're not going to do it. A lot of people won't want to have to they'd rather take one that doesn't have history mental health to be like, OK, grand. You know, that's it. like I'm not going to risk some kid not knowing what the fuck's going on with it at 16. And fair enough, if some parents like, yeah, I want to take the risk grand. But like if they don't, that's like if the and if the clinic doesn't want to take the risk, well, that's fine, too. Like it's you just have to be honest. But yeah, I just don't think people people are yeah. when it comes down to that stuff. Well, it's, it's in the same way that it's like hypothetical. And again, this is like, I'm going to talk more about like a, a I'm going to talk more about like a heteronormative relationship. Um, you know, I, so I, I chose my, my husband. Um, I'm like, I want to have ch- children with my, I, I pointed to him as if he was there. <laughs> um, uh, I, I want to have children with him. I have consented for his genetics yeah now his genetics now my genetic and he's also consented to my genetics as well now both of our genetics have problems in them neither of us are 
perfect genetic specimen, but we've consented to that. We both know what we're in for. A donor doesn't need to be genetically perfect. They absolutely do not. But the parents, the recipient parents, have the right to consent or not mm-hmm. to consent to a specific donor. In the same way, when I married my husband, I consented to have a child with him and his genetics in the same way he consented to have genetics with mine. Now, again, what parents look for in donor is across donors is across the board. I have a friend who is also donor conceived. Now, she is also autistic. And she specifically is like, I probably will want to, and she she has said that she will need to do a donor conceived uh, child. And she's like, I specifically will want to have a donor who is also autistic. I would, and she's like, because then she was like, my child, I'm like, I will be able to understand the child better. The child will be able to understand me better. So again, there's the variety of what people look for in donors is massive. So it's something where, we really, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. That's such a good point as well about consenting with your partner because you do, yeah. you do look at them like, oh, well, my kid is going to have a history of blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, and you know that, you know, and you're just like, and same with me, like my, you know, my partner will be consenting with the risk of, well, that's the thing too. Like when I have a kid, I'm going to be like very, very watchful of their mental health because I know that, you know. Yeah, and it doesn't, you know. You know about that. I also, like, um, there's members of my family who also have mental illness that I would also be watching for, and I know that. And that still means, like, yeah, I'm still, I feel still safe carrying a child passing on genetic information, especially because I know that there is that chance. I need to look out for it. And if I see signs for it, great. I know exactly what to do, and I have the medical history, and we can, it's going to be okay it's gonna be all right how does um how do how is the world gonna change though so that doctors can will have to stop doing this um well i mean how like what legislation well so back to the whole doctor okay so i i understand so one part of it is get rid of anonymity for like sperm donors and egg donors and that's just like the regular it's gone the way you want it you've you've gotten the person but you just want to make sure that there's a connection for the kid but now the next part is sometimes you think you've gotten the sperm donor but it's the bloody dirty doctor um so how do we how does the world how does that change how does where's the law like how do regular people get that to become a law um so i mean it's happening i mean so most of those so those laws like anonymity is banned um and you know it's much better regulated in the UK, Norway, Sweden, New Zealand, Australia, Germany, um, the Netherlands. I, I don't. I, I think I said Norway. Um, and in the United States, ten states have already made it illegal for a doctor to switch out the um, the chosen sperm. And in one state in Colorado, they have banned anonymity. Anonymity goes away at the age of eighteen. So uh, when the child turns eighteen. So these things are already happening. So what you need to do, what regular people need to do in the United States is you need to call your local legislators. Um, You can totally follow me on TikTok and I can tell you exactly how to do it as well. Um, But you need to call your local legislators and say, I want the fertility fraud legislation passed, which would state that a doctor is not allowed or it is illegal for a doctor to switch out the chosen donor DNA. Um, You can also call your donor saying, we want the same... Uh, legislation that was just passed in Colorado that would ban anonymity. I want that passed also in my state. Um, that's how we start. You have to call your local legislators and make this known to them that you this is an issue for you. Um, right now, as a parent, you if you are looking for donor conception, use a known donor. Yeah. Call a friend. That would be number one where to start. So if you ask a friend who you know who would be involved, who you trust who you know will be able to be in contact with the child um start there because right now we run off of a capitalistic society so money talks only pick known donors don't choose anonymous and you'd have to get right i'm just also looking up something about ireland to mention afterwards but you'd have to make sure right that the friend has to sign a legal document that that they won't then come for custody of the kid yeah because i saw a different thing where there was like a sperm donor trying to take the kid away from a lesbian couple like yeah. Okay. So okay. definitely, if you're not going to go through the infertility industry, the number one thing you have to do is get a parental lawyer in your state 
who understands the laws who will draw up a contract. Don't just do this. Like there's so many times where people are like, oh, this will just be a verbal agreement and it'll be fine. No, 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 no. Get a lawyer. You're not, so you're not going to be spending the money on the infertility industry. Spend the money on a fucking lawyer and get the correct um, legal documents drawn up. Um, because also what is going to be required in each state is going to be different. Um, I know that there are, are some states who are going to say, um, as long as the inception is overseen by a licensed physician, because that is the differentiation between an insemination and a one eight stand. Oh, okay. So it's, it's different. So you have to get a lawyer. Um, that is number one. If you're not going to go through the infertility industry, which I totally respect and understand, but you got to get a fucking lawyer, get a lawyer then. There's um, nothing coming up for Ireland because I wanted to see if like maybe it had happened in Ireland, but it's not coming up. But when I put in, because I put in, is it legal in Ireland for a doctor to switch out the sperm? But what came up was like uh, a Dutch gynecologist did it, uh, a Canadian doctor did it, a Netherlands yeah, doctor did it. About. It's just not like when you look through it, it's nonstop places, naming things like this is a pandemic. Sorry, this is like a fucking COVID of sperm. Oh, no, this happens. Well, they never saw 23andMe and Ancestry coming. Who would have, I mean, we would have never thought of that in 20 years ago. If you told us you fit in a tube and they'll tell you what your DNA is, we would all be like, yeah, we'd be like, that's fucking Star Trek. What are you talking about? Like, that would have seemed, no one saw this shit coming. That's uh, one of the things that, because obviously there's a lot to do with like narcissism and then like, sexual assault or getting off on it but then there was another one where it, it said that some doctors will use their own sperm because it's cheaper and they're trying to have a high success rate to like push themselves exactly. up in the world so exactly. i guess that's like ego that's like narcissism as well it's a different type of narcissism it's like egotistical well, it's complex. yeah because that God. one you're not trying to like look at your kids and have loads of kids that's just you trying to up your career I am, I am a god my semen my dna is a blessing upon this earth yuck yeah. Oh, it's a big yuck. Yeah. It's a big, and it's one of those things where I, I tell people and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to disparage. I don't mean to be sexist or anything, but right now in the United States, um, if I had to go through infertility treatments, it's going to be by a fucking you. It's, it's going to be only by a uterus doctor. The oh, doctor needs a uterus. But you're fucking. I don't, don't want a doctor near me who has a penis. Your Fuck gyno. Sh- I'm sorry, but my gyno will always be a woman. I would never oh, let a man go down. Fuck yes, always a woman. I need somebody who will be able, like, I can be like, I'm feeling this pain, and I'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, they're totally. like, I know, not a guy who's I, like, oh, doesn't even understand the concept of pain because they don't have the levels of pain threshold that we have. No, I don't want to. I don't want to OBGYN who's only read about it in a book. Yeah, no, no. out here. That's what, and that's the only thing with that mother sending her. I'm very surprised that a mother sending her daughter to a male gynecologist as well. It's just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Sorry to be sexist if anyone calls me sexist, but it's also based off facts. Okay, men are creepier. I'm sorry, but it's like, but it's like, I I think it is a very understandable thing to be like, I want to go to a doctor who has experienced the same things I've had. Like, it's like, it's, it's one thing for me to go to a cardiologist who's a male because it's like, yes, we both have hearts. Okay. That's cool. But like, you don't have these fucking organs. I need somebody who has these organs. Yeah. And even that, it's just your level of comfortability. I'm not comfortable with a man and that might come with my not super progressive Irish heritage, but that's just me. I'm not, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with any other man other than my boyfriend seeing my naked vagina. It would make me feel uncomfortable. I'd be all tensed up. They'd be putting the thing up here for the smear test to be even sore. So no, thank you. I don't need the, but you know, what was the other thing I was going to say before we end about, oh yeah. So if a guy jacks off on you in front of the subway, right if he takes out his willy and he wanks it that is assault it can be they can get in they can get in trouble with the law so that's why i'm like how did that guy those doctors who put their sperm in other women not get done for rape because that's it's assault yes it's it literally it's it's one of those things where the infertility industry makes so much fucking money like it it makes so much money and they have been able to fly in under the radar and get away with these very like ambiguous 
the ambiguity that is within laws, they've been able to get away with it. And I think a big reason is um, there still is so much shame around infertility. If you are going through infertility, that is there's still such a stigma around it. And I think that that's such bullshit. So many people struggle with infertility. It's not your fault. It's no mm. one's fault. It doesn't make you any less of a man, a woman, a person, a human. It doesn't. So many people struggle with infertility. And I think donor conception can be a wonderful answer to people who struggle with infertility or single by choice or LGBTQIA couples. It can be such a great answer. But I think the reason that it's so unregulated is because we still carry such shame with ha with struggling with infertility. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, and the infertility industry has used that shame to fly in under the radar. Yeah, no, that's awful. Well, it's great that you're educating people. I love your TikToks. Where can people find you? And thank you so much for this time. Oh, thank you. Uh, they can find me in at Laura High Five on all social media. Um, that's my handle everywhere. You can also find me doing a variety of shows. Um, specifically, I'm mainly um, centered in New York City, but I do, do but I also do road work. Um, so I hopefully will be coming into a town near you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.